Welcome to An Amber A Day, the podcast all about functional nutrition for PCOS. I'm Amber Fisher, a certified nutrition specialist and licensed dietitian nutritionist, and I have training in functional medicine. I also have PCOS, and on this podcast, we discuss PCOS in depth, the nutrition strategies for it, as well as the realities of living with it and making this lifestyle work. For further guidance and meal plan support, you can check out the show notes for links to my PCOS courses and programs. And if this podcast helps you, please do me a favor and leave me a review. Thank you so much for being here. Let's get into today's episode. everybody. You're listening to An Amber a Day, the functional nutrition podcast, and I'm Amber Fisher. I know it's been a little bit since I've uploaded a podcast for y'all, and I am sorry for that, but it's the end of January, and as any of you who work in the health and fitness field know, it's the busiest time of the year for nutritionists. So um, Kay and I, who's the other nutritionist that works in um, our office, we're always joking about the fact that um, we actually get busiest at the very end of January and beginning of February, uh, and we think it's because people try their New Year's resolutions on their own and then sort of get burned out or it fizzles out for them, and then they decide to come seek the help of a professional at the end of the month. So... Um, we always have a good time around now, and I have definitely been uh, busier than normal, so that's been great. Um, it's always wonderful to watch your business grow, and I do want to say if any of you, if any of your clients who are listening who have referred, um, have referred new clients to me, I appreciate you so much. Um, referrals are the bread and butter of nutritionists. We you know, we people find us on the internet, people find us all kind of places, but there's nothing like a client who's had a great experience who refers a friend to you. It just really validates what I do, and um, it's, it's awesome. So thank you so much to those of you who have done that. And thank you to all of you who have uh, listened to my podcast and patiently waited for a new one. I decided uh, to go ahead and do one solo this time because I think, um, you know, it's fun to interview guests and I do have some guest uh, interviews coming up in the next few weeks, but it's also really nice for me to just sit down here and and talk to y'all about the things that are on my mind and the the things that um, come up for me as a nutritionist. So today, What I mostly want to talk about is the problem of maintenance, weight maintenance. So, um, you know, weight loss is on a lot of people's minds right now because it's it's that time of the year. Um, And most of the year, what I do is functional nutrition, and functional nutrition has a lot to do with different health conditions, diseases, disorders, all that kind of stuff. And looking at those things and um, trying to find the root cause of them and then heal them from the inside out. But um, at this time of the year, the majority of what I do is um, help people who are trying to lose weight. And a lot of people do come in to see me and don't really know very much about functional um, medicine or functional nutrition. And so they purely come in because they want to lose a few pounds and they don't really know where to start or how to do it. 
And that's something that I love doing. Um, I'm happy to help them with that. I know if you uh, look on my website or on my Facebook, I share before and after shots of people um, who've completed my weight loss program or um, other, you know, endeavors with me. And and that's awesome. And I want to absolutely validate that. And um, I think it's amazing. I'm so proud of so many of my clients who have made it to their uh, goal weights. But um, as a nutritionist, the thing that I struggle with the most is getting people to understand just how important maintenance is um, and how maintenance is accomplished. And I think a lot of people have the mindset that um, they're going to lose the weight and then they'll figure out maintenance when they get there. And the reality is that um, maintenance is actually more difficult and... um, more intensive than the weight loss itself. So yeah, you get to eat more food, which is great. Um, But you have to be just as regimented, just as disciplined, just as thoughtful about weight maintenance as you do about weight loss. And so um, you know how when when you first go on a weight loss program, for example, um, you sort of, it's kind of easy for most people to lose at first depending on how much you have to lose, 5 to 20 pounds, right? Some people, if they've got less than 20 to lose, then that first 5 is pretty easy. If you've got more uh, than 50 to lose, then maybe that first 20 is easy. And then after that, um, you start noticing things slowing down. You know, you start hitting plateaus and things like that. And that's very frustrating for a lot of people, and that's when a lot of people give up. But for those who push through... um, What you realize is that the longer the weight loss goes on and the longer, the closer you get to your goal weight, the more regimented and disciplined you have to be. And that is a very difficult concept for many people to wrap their minds around because they they don't think about the uh, very important ideas of deficits and um, an excess when it comes to calories when they're losing weight. And I think to our detriment, we have got this idea as Americans that we can go through this whole weight loss, weight maintenance process very intuitively from the beginning all the way to the end. And um, and we won't have to worry about how much we're eating because our bodies will naturally tell us, oh, you know, I've had too much or um, I need more. And the reality as I see it and in my experience with people is that because of the wide range of um, trickery that goes on in the food industry, that goes on in the restaurant industry, um, we just simply can't do that. We have to be a little bit more diligent about um, how much protein are we eating, how much starch are we eating, what are, you know, and... and, um, weighing things even sometimes but more often than that just being able to eyeball this is what six ounces looks like or this is what four ounces looks like and being able to equate that to a certain um, calorie amount a certain macronutrient amount and um, there's a lot of diets out there right now that are all about uh, eating intuitively based on a set of strict rules. So you've got things like keto, 
which I have nothing against. Many of you who are my clients, I have you on keto diets because they work well for a lot of different people. Um, but you have diets like that, diets like paleo, and there are others um, that say, you know, uh, you can't have this particular food group, carbohydrates, for example, or you can't have grains um, or dairy, whatever it may be. And But within that, you know, basically eat what you want, um, eat what you're hungry for. And we've been given, we've been fed this idea that if you do that, it'll all work out for you. And if, if it's not working out, it's probably your fault because either you, you're eating too many, I don't know, servings of nuts and seeds or, or whatever it may be, but it's all your fault. And they don't give you the tools up front to know how to do it right in the first place. And the problem with that is that those first 20 pounds are easy because whenever you switch to a new way of eating, especially one that is more nutrient-dense, that's got more fruits and vegetables in it, that's got more higher quality sources of protein, for example, uh, you're going to get full faster on a smaller amount of calories. And um, that's awesome. That's great. Not everything is about calories, but the fundamental concept of calories affecting how much weight you lose and how much you gain, it does still play a role. And so, yeah, at first that works great because you're, you know, you were used to eating um, a de- uh, uh, an excess of <clears throat> however much and now you're eating at a deficit and so your body's responding to that and plus you're eating anti-inflammatory foods and so extra water that you've been holding on to puffiness all that stuff is going away and it works so great but then you start running into these plateaus and these issues and when we get to the point where we get to weight maintenance this is where people struggle so much because they've been on these diets that are very restrictive and um and they haven't been given the tools to know how to maintain their weight while incorporating the foods that they used to eat before. And so this is where where the trouble comes in because a lot of people, they, they, they may get all the way to their goal weight and congratulations to them for doing that. But at that point, they start eating like they used to eat and they don't know what the portion should be now for their new body. And so they just sort of eat what they're hungry for and um, after a long period of, of being, um, you know, on a diet, your body sends out signals that it's hungrier than it really is and all these things. And so you start eating and eating and you're eating foods that you ate before you went on this diet. So you don't really know how to account for them. And it just becomes this vicious cycle of what we call yo-yo dieting, where you lose the weight just to gain it again. But that is not, um, something that's set in stone that's not something that has to happen many people successfully keep their weight off for years the the issue is just having number one willpower because you know say what you will about about people relying on willpower i know that there are a lot of people out there who think that it's unrealistic to ask people to rely on their willpower but fundamentally when we live in a world where we are bombarded constantly with messages to eat 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 and to eat hyper palatable foods with tons of salt and sugar and carbohydrates and sweetness and all these things that that our bodies don't understand how to handle, that our brains don't understand how to handle, that are incredibly addictive. When we live in that world, we have got to practice willpower and we have got to learn how to harness that. Some people are naturally better at that than others. 
And so that's where, if you're not good at that on your own, that's where accountability comes in. That's where the help of a professional comes in because they can help you figure out exactly what you need to do. And the thing is that once we get to that maintenance point, we have to be just as measured and just as strict with ourselves for a while. And there's a reason for that because our body has something called a set point. And set point is this um, concept where the body has put on a certain amount of weight, for example. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but but if you've gained weight in the past, um, you know, usually you gain to a certain point and then it kind of levels off. It's like your body gets comfortable there. It's like, okay, I've gained enough. I'll be happy here. And it kind of settles. Um, that's your set point. That's the point where your body has gotten comfortable. And what happens when you lose weight is that um, your your set point does not change right away. So if it doesn't take you a terribly long time to get to your goal weight, for example, you're very likely to go right back up to your set point unless you know about that and you can fight against it. So um, the set point is always higher than what you want your body to be. Um, and so when you finish your diet, your body releases all these hormones Um, these chemical signals that tell you you need to eat because you need to put back on fat so that we can get back to our set point and feel comfortable again. And even though you know better than your body about where it needs to be physically um, most of the time, your brain is still telling you these things and it's uh, very, very difficult not to listen to it. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG, and we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. And so um, that's where being regimented comes in. So if you've got a nutritionist who can say, okay, here, you know, I've scanned you, you know, I know your basal metabolic rate. This is how many calories you need to eat to maintain your weight. But not just that. These are the proportions of the types of foods that you need to eat. This is how much protein you need. This is how many carbs you need. This is how much fruit and vegetable and all those things to eat that'll keep you at that at that steady place, if you can do that for about three months, then most people's bodies will hold on to that and they will adjust their set point. So um, the set point can change. It's not like it's set in stone. And that's what you'll see a lot of times with people who have lost um, large amounts of weight over a slow period of time. And this is one of the reasons why a lot of people are proponents of the slow and slow method when it comes to losing weight. Because um, if you, you know, like on that on that extreme weight loss show, if you lose a hundred or two hundred pounds, you know, in in a very short period of time, um, you're much more likely to gain that right back than if you do that over the course of several years. Because as you go along, your body will get used 
to being smaller and smaller and smaller and the set point will gradually change when you finish and get to your goal it's still going to want to go up but that set point is going to be higher uh, I'm sorry going to be lower than what it, it would have been at the very beginning of your journey and so you know that that is an argument for going slower when it comes to weight loss however in my experience it's still possible to do these things quicker as long as you account for the way that you your brain and your body are going to behave once you get to that set point and the the negatives of taking a long time to lose weight as well are it can really um it can affect your metabolism you know if you uh for example and this is a downside of of keto for a lot of people um that at a certain point um especially i've seen this with women they start plateauing their metabolism slows down too much and you know you even start seeing sometimes slightly hypothyroid symptoms and things like that um, if if the weight loss portion is dragging out whereas and you know that's when you may have to do a, a, a reverse diet or or um, what have you and those are things that you know nutr- nutritionists can do for you but um, if things are going are moving quicker and they're moving at a pretty steady quick speed then um, you're less likely to get to that point before you you get closer to your goal weight so there's a lot of finagling that has to happen um, towards the end when you're getting close to your goal weight but fundamentally weight maintenance is not impossible Um, and in fact if we want to get off of the yo-yo cycle it's actually the most important thing so if you are about to start on a weight loss journey if um, that's where you feel is the best place for you to go and that's where you need to be, be aware of maintenance. Be thinking about maintenance already. Be thinking about what do you want your maintenance diet to look like. And you kind of have to think of it that way. I know a lot of people villainize the word diet and they don't like to use it. But diet, you know, fundamentally is just the, is the food, the water, and the supplements. It's anything that you take in. That's your diet. And so... Um, you know, that's not a bad word to me as a nutritionist. I don't, I don't dislike that word. Um, but you, I want you to think about what you want that long-term lifestyle to look like. Um, you know, I have my ideas about what that looks like for a lot of people. And I'll tell you, I mean, my idea of what a healthy long-term diet looks like is a diet that includes foods from every food group, unless You've got a diagnosed allergy or a severe sensitivity to those foods. But foods from every food group, um, certain food groups in moderation. So um, food groups like dairy and grains, I think, should be limited. Um, But I don't think that they should be outlawed completely. What we know about nutrition is that you really get, you get the most bang for your buck, the most microbiome diversity when you eat a wide variety of foods and that's where I I think a lot of people in the health and nutrition world start to go wrong because they hear about oh lectins in beans and they hear about um, the inflammatory components of grains and um, all these things saturated fats and and all this stuff and and a lot of foods get villainized unfairly villainized when many of these foods are things that that human beings have consumed for you know thousands and thousands of years and um there's nothing wrong with eating them in moderation and also there's nothing wrong with enjoying 
your life and enjoying what you eat. There's no reason that you need to to punish yourself for life by only eating, I don't know, I'm, I mean, only eating, you know, low-carb foods or um, whatever it may be for you, whatever your restrictiveness looks like. There's no reason that you need to do that long-term. If you learn how to um, figure out what, how to figure out what works best for your body, what your body responds to, and then if you can take that information and you can translate that into a diet that long-term is doable for you, that makes you feel good, that um, that makes you feel happy, that gives you all the nutrients that you need. Obviously, you don't want to be eating a diet where all you're having is um, meat and grains and dairy. That's not a sustainable long-term choice. But a diet, um, for me, the like a healthy long-term diet would be moderate protein, lots of veggies, especially leafy greens um, every day, you know, fruits, um, moderate amounts of grains, you know, maybe some rice, maybe some quinoa, even, hey, maybe some whole wheat. I'm not against gluten here. Um, So, you know, and I think gluten, just as an aside, has been very unfairly villainized. And I think it all sprang about from Probably the paleo movement, which I was a part of, and I got real into the whole gluten-free thing for a while. But honestly, I do a lot of food sensitivity tests, and gluten is is more rare than many other foods to come up on food sensitivity tests. I mean, usually, the one I see the most is dairy. That's the one that I think we really have a problem with. Um, I don't think our guts can digest dairy the way that they maybe used to be able to do. But anyway... Um, you know, a diet that contains a little dairy, though. Hey, what's wrong with a little cheese here and there? You know, che- every food, the thing about being a nutritionist, especially going through your master's degree, that's really funny, is you learn that every food has health components, but also every food has um, components that could be seen as unhealthy. So it just depends on how you look at a food and how you focus on it to whether you villainize it or not. And that's not to say that there are people with with diseases and conditions and sensitivities and all these kinds of things where certain food groups like gluten, um, grains, or dairy may never be possibilities for them or maybe things that they really need to stay away from. Um, Absolutely, that's the case. But, you know, most people, if they're overall healthy and they've hit their goal weight and this is what they're trying to do for their lifestyle, you know, I mean, what's wrong with having things in moderation? So I think... um, the key is to really visualize what you want that diet to look like. What's your ideal human diet? Um, what do you think that looks like for you? And then when you get closer to your maintenance phase, um, start transitioning to that and look at diligently. Um, have a nutritionist work out for you how much do you need to eat of each of these things in order to maintain. And stick to that like you would any other diet for three months. If you can do that, and I've had several clients do it, then you should be able to maintain your weight loss long term. That's not to say you won't gain a tiny bit of it back. You know, water fluctuations and things like that do happen, but no more than a few pounds. I mean, you should be able to, to hold steady within a range as long as you know what you're doing. Um, but you got to get used to it. You know, when you start eating more food again, 
it, it can be very confusing for your brain. So you have to sort of train your brain to know, okay, this is how much I need. Um, and uh, that's not so hard to do as long as you know what you're doing. So that's why I say it is important um, when you get to that point to be prepared to get the help of somebody who knows how to do all that. And if you know how to do that yourself, that's great. But um, I think it helps to see somebody because they can, uh, an outside perspective often gives you more information than, uh, than you would expect. So those are some of my thoughts about weight loss and weight maintenance. I know that's on a lot of people's minds right now. I, a lot of clients, um, future clients come in to me and one of the first things that they say is, um, that they want to lose weight, but they don't want to gain it back because they've done that before. And my response is, um, that's exactly what I want. I want my clients to be okay on their own. I don't want them to need me anymore. So I've had some clients, and if you're listening to this, you know who you are, who I've told, hey, it's time for you to graduate. You don't need me anymore. And um, some of them still like to come in and weigh themselves and, and just check in with me because over the course of several months of working with people, we get close. Um, but, you know, that's that's one of the proudest moments that I have as a nutritionist is when my clients graduate from seeing me as their nutritionist. And I want that for you. I want you to feel like you have control over... Um, your your body and what it's doing and, and its health and um, there are obviously things outside of our control in the world that we live in. We are fighting an uphill battle. I'll be the first to admit that with with our food system and you know even things like our soil quality. We are definitely fighting an uphill battle, but it is not an impossible one for most people. And uh, I've seen it myself with my own eyes. So um, definitely. If you are on the path to meeting your goal weight, start thinking about what you're going to do for maintenance and uh, be prepared to give it an extra three months of, of hard work. And I think if you mentally prepare yourself for that, it's a lot easier to uh, stick with it long term. So that is all that I've got for y'all today. If you are interested in working with me as your nutritionist, I see people in San Antonio, Texas, and I also do Skype consultations and things like that, so we can definitely um, work together. My um, website is www.amberfishernutrition.com. Fisher is spelled F-I-S-C-H-E-R, and my phone number is 210-391-6790 if you're interested in setting up an in-person consultation. Additionally, if you would like me to answer any of your nutrition questions on the air, you can shoot me an email at anamberadaypodcast at gmail.com, and I would be happy to answer those when I have a chance on the podcast. Be listening next week for an interview with one of my clients, Laura Rowe, who's going to talk to us about her experience um, healing her EOE, which is a, I can't even pronounce it, it's an esophageal autoimmune disorder, and we were successfully able to get her down to normal ranges through um, nutrition and supplementation alone. So that's a pretty cool podcast that's going to be coming out soon. And then I've also got one coming out with Jennifer Torres of um, Beauty Counter, who's going to be talking to us about toxins, um, harmful and unsafe chemicals, and additives in cosmetics in um, 
household cleaning products and all kinds of things. And that's a whole other world that pairs really well with nutrition, but that a lot of people don't pay attention to that really should be part of our conversation on uh, what to do moving forward with all the epidemics of disease and, um, and obesity in the United States. So her and I will be talking a lot about that. Uh, Thank you all for listening, and uh, I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. If you learned something today or you enjoyed today's episode, or both, I'd love it if you would leave me an iTunes review and share this with a friend. If this brought up a question for you that you would like to hear me answer, there is a Google form that you can use to ask me any question you want, and I might answer it here on the podcast. I do it all the time, and I would love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.